0: You are now rocking with the best. Chris Canny, Roe Parish in Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, And we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. Man, the energy is great on a Friday, Chris Canny. We are a week away from that big day. Hello. We already know what time it is. Yeah, we'll be in Chicago. you married,
2: married in Chicago, man. Hey, Ro, just so we know everything worked out with the bridal suite at the InterContinental. Oh. They came through, they got us all set, so now we're good to go. There's no more panic on the behalf of my fiance about what's going to happen on the day of the wedding as she gets ready to take the nuptials with me. So we're all good. All systems are go. Super excited about it, my man.
0: Definitely super excited about that. We will be in Chicago, and it is going to be an amazing time. But no easy transition here. The Deshaun Watson verdict. It arrived Thursday. Six games increased to 11 games as far as the suspension, no pay, a $5 million fine. Watson will not play for the remainder of the preseason. He must undergo evaluation by behavioral experts and follow their treatment program. That punishment was handed down to Deshaun Watson Thursday as a result of a settlement between the NFL and the NFLPA. This course of action comes after Watson was accused of sexual misconduct by 25 women during massage sessions. Watson maintains his innocence we did hear from Watson let's take a listen
1: I'm moving on with my career and my life and I'm continuing to stand on my innocence just because you know settlements and things like that happen doesn't mean that a person is is guilty for anything I feel like a person has the opportunity to stand on his innocence and prove that and we prove that on the legal side and we're just going to
2: continue to push forward as an individual and as a person Wow. I got problems with that statement. First of all, you didn't prove anything. All right? You might not have been prosecuted in a criminal court of law, but you didn't prove that you were innocent in this situation. As a matter of fact, a former federal judge, Sue Robinson, who's the independent arbitrator in this disciplinary process, said that she found... You had sexual misconduct and predatory behavior, even though it was of the nonviolent variety. That's what she came to the conclusion of. And quite frankly, Ro, she's more qualified to come to that decision than anybody else is in this entire process. And so for Deshaun Watson to proclaim his innocence, it it certainly rubs me the wrong way, and it certainly is a lack of contrition. There's no accountability in there, and and it makes the optics of this situation even worse, not only for him, but also for the NFL. I mean, they decided that this was okay to settle when they had been adamant for months that Deshaun Watson should serve a one-year suspension or be suspended indefinitely with the right to apply for re-entry after a year. The fact that they pivoted and they decided not to go down this road and not to deal with the federal lawsuit from Deshaun Watson and the NFLPA comes off incredibly weak to me for an organization that wants to establish a new precedent and send a message when it comes to violence toward women.
0: Strong take right there and as I mentioned he must undergo evaluation by behavioral experts and follow their treatment program. Deshaun also spoke on what counseling will do for him
1: i have to grow as a person uh, i have to be able to be able to communicate and talk with people i have to continue to um uh, you know know uh each and every situation so i don't put myself back in the situation i was just in so i have to continue to just grow as an individual my whole outlook of just myself as a as a football player but also as an individual as a human being
2: Don't behave in such a way that can be construed as sexual misconduct or predatory behavior. I don't understand why that's so complicated. And for him to talk about the growth and the journey that he's undergone, I don't know that. Only the people closest to him know the Cleveland Browns organization, the NFL, they're privy to that information. But in terms of being able to move this thing forward – Deshaun Watson has got to stop being a hypocrite. He's got to stop contradicting himself in the court of public opinion because he said before the preseason game in Jacksonville that he wanted to apologize sincerely to the women that alleged sexual misconduct to him. But when asked by a reporter yesterday, didn't want to acknowledge that specifically, just wanted to apologize to all women that may have been triggered in the situation. It comes off... Uh, in, in, in incredibly insensitive for, you know, the women that have been going through this ordeal for the past two years. And you would think that Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns PR staff and Deshaun Watson's team would have coached him better in terms of knowing exactly what to say because the comments that he made yesterday, they didn't land
0: well with a lot of people. Indeed, but they did land well with some people because Andrew Berry, the Browns general manager, he still maintains at this point, they would still make the move for Deshaun Watson today. Yes, we would. And we mentioned at the time that um, you know, our process was thorough. We felt like we made an informed decision, um, understand why others may not have made the same decision that, that we did. Um, but we do believe that Deshaun has strong, positive qualities. And we do think that um, you know, he's done everything in his power to integrate himself with our team, done everything that we've asked. and. We do believe that um, as he goes through the self-improvement and self-growth process, that he has the opportunity to make a strong and positive contribution to our team and our organization. Wow.
2: Well, you know, he's not alone in the National Football League. We've seen that teams are going to make decisions in the best interest of winning football games. They're not going to stand on a moral high ground and let that stand in the way of them trying to stack up wins because we know job security in the National Football League is directly tied to team success. Okay, And it's not about having a moral compass. It's about trying to win games at all costs. The Cleveland Browns weren't alone in their pursuit of Deshaun Watson, bro. They just weren't. You look at all of those teams in the NFC South not named the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The the New Orleans Saints wanted him. The Carolina Panthers wanted him. The Atlanta Falcons wanted him. And Cleveland ultimately ended up with Deshaun because they guaranteed him a $230 million contract, which is a record-setting contract for guaranteed money. And they structured it in such a way that any discipline that he would face in 2022 would have minimal effect in terms of the actual cash that he was bringing home. And so I I understand how a lot of people – look at Cleveland, and they wonder how they could come to this conclusion or make this kind of decision. But this is the nature of the NFL, and quite frankly, this decision, in the interest of Deshaun Watson, even though he had 25 pending civil lawsuits, just shows you, or it lends credence to the people that, That would say that the NFL doesn't necessarily
0: care about women's issues or, in particular, violence toward women. Indeed. Now, this is obviously a polarizing topic, and it elicits so many different ranges of emotions, so many layers off the field. But, Chris, let's take it on the field. The plan is in place for the Browns moving forward. We know Jacoby Brissett, 37 starts. Is the plan in place? Well, on paper it is. And that's why sometimes you have to actually do things and take things off paper. But do you actually stick to the plan at this point, or do you go somewhere else and bring in another quarterback?
2: No, I think you got to look at another quarterback, especially with a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo out of there, right? I I can appreciate Jacoby Brissett. He is a good football player, but Jacoby Brissett is a backup quarterback. In the year that we saw him as the full-time starter with the Colts in 2019, he finished 21st in QBR, and his team had a losing record in games that he started. Jacoby Brissett is fine for a four-to-six game span, but we're talking about an 11-game suspension. I think Jimmy Garoppolo gives you a better chance – at being able to be competitive and stay in the hunt for a playoff spot as opposed to Jacoby Brissett. If you're talking about this team being 5-6 and six when Deshaun Watson comes back in early December, then maybe you have a chance to make it a run at a wild card in the AFC. But if they're going to be 2-9, and 3-8... and eight, then, then any chances that you have of competing in the postseason are gone. And so, to me, Jimmy Garoppolo can be the difference. He was a starting quarterback on a team that went to two conference championship games in the last three seasons. So, at the very least, he represents an upgrade over anything you have in your quarterback room right now. And the other thing to consider with the Cleveland Browns, they have the most cap space in the NFL – they can make a trade for Jimmy Garoppolo and absorb the 20 plus million dollar salary that he has. That's a luxury that they can afford that not anybody else in the NFL is really in position to take. So I just look at it for a lot of different reasons as Jimmy Garoppolo being a solution to this problem. Also, let's remember we're talking about weeks away from the regular season. Whatever quarterback that you're going to bring in has to be up to speed. Jimmy Garoppolo played in the Kyle Shanahan system, West Coast offense, very similar to what Kevin Stefanski employs with the Cleveland Browns. And so it just seems like it's a fit. It makes sense for the Cleveland Browns' perspective. And I do think it makes some sense for Jimmy Garoppolo, too, because this is a player that's trying to build up his market value in order for him to get to a position where he can get the long-term security with another franchise as the starting quarterback.
0: Absolutely. You want to upgrade the position, but you also want to add depth. You have Josh Dobbs. You have Josh Rosen. It would definitely be an improvement as far as the talent in that quarterback room for Cleveland as they move forward playing without Deshaun Watson. We'll tune into an AL East rivalry tomorrow as the Yankees host the Blue Jays presented by Progressive Insurance. Coverage begins at twelve thirty PM Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Coming up, Justin Fields and the offense look better Thursday night. Can the Bears fans feel a little better after last night? That's next. This is Greenie on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus.
3: Greenie, the podcast. h-e-l-p dot com slash greeny g-r-e-e-n-y passion
4: drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more
3: We got Justin Fields here. You're watching the game, and I understand that, but I do want to ask you about what you did in your time out there because the big emphasis from the coaching staff was your comfortability in the pocket. So, how'd you feel? Felt
0: pretty good out there. You know, uh, I'm glad we got points on the board. So, uh, of course, we wanted to get a touchdown, but you know, we're just going to keep working and keep getting better. <laughs> Justin Fields, that's who you heard. He was in the zone last night. In the Zone, brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone, RPNCC, in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Of course, we want to hear from you. 888-729-3776. Hit us up because we're about to chop it up about what happened with the Chicago Bears. From coast to coast, we got you covered. Now, Chris, we know Justin Fields. An impressive rookie year, however, that protection is another conversation. We're (laughs) going to dive into all of that. Last night against the Seahawks, one series, nine plays total, five for seven, 39 yards, pressured on four of eight dropbacks. We heard from RG3 earlier, who said that he looked comfortable and under control overall. What did you see watching him last night? What I saw from
2: Justin Fields was a quarterback that's ready to make that leap from year one to year two. And I know we've made a lot of the weapons or lack thereof around him in the Chicago Bears offense. But I saw a quarterback that was fundamentally sound. One of the things that I love was Luke Getzey, their offensive coordinator, moving the launch point for Justin Fields, getting him on the perimeter with some boots, some sprints, some rollouts, and allowing him to have clear vision down the field. And the thing that was most impressive to me, Ro, was him being able to roll out to his left, flip his hips, set his feet to deliver an accurate strike to his tight end, Cole Komet, down the field. That, to me, is showing that Justin Fields understands the mistakes that he made in his rookie year in terms of his overall mechanics and his lack of accuracy and a guy that's committed to improving that in year two. Those are the subtle changes that I want to see. I'm not looking for the improvement in the way of wins and losses for the Chicago Bears or Justin Fields. I'm going to judge him based on his mechanics, his accuracy, and his decision-making. And I think that opportunity remains out there as long as that offensive line can keep him upright But that's a big if.
0: Mechanics are obviously so important at that quarterback position. Now, you've obviously given him credit. I've actually seen him while I live in Atlanta. He's been working out down there. However, how much credit do you give the new coaching staff that's come in and how much have they contributed to his success so far?
2: Well, I will say this. I think Luke Getze gets it, no pun intended, (laughs) because he's coming from the Green Bay Packers and he understands what high-level quarterback play looks like up close and personal. The one thing that I will say is – Even with the coaching staff trying to put the scheme in pace, this personnel for the Chicago Bears leaves a lot to be desired. And I think that's going to cause some struggles for this offense and for Justin Fields because you saw it in last night's game. On the four straight dropbacks that they had, two of them were seven man protections and the offensive line allowed pressure on both of them. You can't have that in the National Football League. If you got seven guys dedicated to blocking and the an opposing team is only rushing five, mm. you should be able to account for all of those guys. And yet the Chicago Bears protection couldn't do it, which makes me worry for Justin Fields because last year he was one of the most contacted quarterbacks in the NFL. As a matter of fact, he led the NFL in contact percentage for quarterbacks. That's a problem. That's, That's not, not a good. good thing. Exactly. You worry about him getting the career knocked out of him before it even gets started, and we've seen that before with quarterbacks in the past. Heck, one of my former teammates, David Carr, is a guy that had the career knocked out of him, sacked 76 times his rookie year. He was never going to realize his potential after that. He was relegated to backup status. I worry that with Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflusch, this new regime, stripping this team down to the studs, I worry that they're setting their young quarterback up for what could be a painful second season because they're not necessarily going to offer him the kind of protection that you would expect when you're trying to develop a young
0: signal caller. When we look at the trajectory of... Justin Fields obviously has a tremendous amount of talent. We saw what he did. It jumps out at you, right? No question at the Coddles level, but it's always been an uphill battle for the quarterback position in the city of Chicago, whether you go back to your Jim McMahons, move forward to your Rex Grossman, as, as, as much talent, arm talent as Jay Cutler had, that quarterback position, it has always been a major issue for offense in Chicago. Moving forward, and KOD is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, Make Every Moment More. I need a prediction for you For the team and the individual, when we look at his skill set, what do you see him doing from a statistical standpoint, and will those statistics be able to translate to some victories for the Monsters of the Midway?
2: Ooh, um, no, you're not going to see it in the way of statistics. The hope that you would have for Justin Fields is that he takes care of the football, no turnovers, play clean game, run the operation, operate the offense. Um, That's what you're looking for, just the overall command of the offense, Um, that's what you want to see. And then you want to make sure that he stays fundamentally sound with his mechanics because we know when quarterbacks are under duress, when they're running for their lives, that's when things start to break down. They're not paying attention to the mechanics or the the bad habits that they may be developing because the infrastructure around them continues to break down routinely. And so that's the one thing that I would worry about. But if Justin Fields can survive this year – there is a silver lining for the Chicago Bears because you are talking about a team that would have upwards of $100 million in cap space next year. You could be talking about a team that has a high draft pick in a quarterback-rich draft without a need at the position, which means you can get significant draft capital by trading down. So overnight, GM Ryan Poles has the potential to reshape this roster – and dramatically upgrade the supporting cast for Justin Fields. So, again, it's a big if when we talk about him surviving this year just because the roster is in such bad shape. The Roquan Smith holdout is not making things better, by the way. No, it's not. Um, But but if he can get past this year and still continue to hold on to some of the improvements that he's made as far as his fundamentals are concerned, the Chicago Bears – are gonna be in position to be able to make some significant upgrades next year.
0: I like how you said, Can he survive? Survival of the fittest, only the strong survive. Shouts out to Mob Deep. Moving forward, keeping Trey Lance in the conversation, there's six second year quarterbacks under duress. Chris, I need to know, in your personal opinion, and let me go ahead and name them. We already have mentioned Justin Fields, we have Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, David Mills, Zach Wilson, who is recovering from that knee surgery, Trey Lance. So I need to know who has the most pressure. Coming into this season, tell me. Most pressure coming into this season has to be who? I would say Trey Lance. Trey Lance at number one? Trey Lance. Has wait, the wait, most... wait. Is that because you've predicted the San Francisco 49ers to, be super, to go to the Super Bowl? Yeah, I might not be completely objective in all of this, but here's <laughs> the thing. Trey
2: Lance is in the best situation of any other second-year quarterbacks, right? Run down the list. Trevor Lawrence, Davis Mills, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Matt Jones. I mean – is anybody in a better situation? Does anybody have a better supporting cast than Trey Lance with the 49 Well,
0: I'll, I will say this. When we look at the overall build of the team, you can't be mad at Mac Jones, who's with – you know, arguably, we'll just say it, the best coach ever to do it. So when you have a coaching staff, and we know how things go with Bill Belichick, maybe they don't have the personnel necessary. They don't have the personnel. Maybe they don't. Yeah. (laughs) But however, we know coaching is important. Yeah. So I'll I'll, I'll just put that out there for you. Yeah, I'm not saying saying that coaching isn't important,
2: and I like the situation that Mac Jones is in, but we still have to wait and see about the offensive coordinator position. We don't know who's going to be calling the plays. We don't know if it's Joe Judge. We don't know if it's Matt Patricia. But we don't have to worry about that in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan. No, we don't. And, And listen, tell me the last time that a starting quarterback for Kyle Shanahan played poorly. Not a backup that was relegated into the starter's role
0: because of injury. I'm hmm. talking about a
2: quarterback that played poorly.
0: Hold on for a second. Can I go down the list? Let's see. He's, he's had Matt Ryan, yep. who won an MVP. He's had Jimmy Garoppolo. He's had, he's had RG3. He, and also, what? Who is sitting behind RG3 that has been getting Kirk paid, Cousins? Kirk Cousins. Is that been, guy? Yeah, I mean, that, that guy.
2: All, I, all I'm simply saying is Kyle Shanahan knows what the hell he's doing when it comes to developing quarterbacks. And so, I think there's pressure on Trey Lance to validate the decision to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, a guy that's taken you to two NFC Championship games in the past three years. Also, Trey Lance is a guy that the 49ers invested not one, not two, but three first-round draft picks in order to acquire. Now, that coupled with the fact that he has a top-five running game, a top-five skill position core with one of the best wide receivers, in Debo Samuel, with one of the best tight ends in George Kittle. You have Brandon Ayuk, You have Kyle Juszczyk. You have Elijah Mitchell. And then on the defensive side of the ball, that is a top five unit from a year ago. So all the pieces are in place for the 49ers to do high-level winning. And let's keep this in mind. They went to the NFC Championship game last year. They came a Jaworski tart interception or dropped interception from going to the Super Bowl. So, yes, there's a tremendous amount of pressure on Trey Lance to deliver in his first year as the full-time starter. There's no other way to look at it, but based on some of the clips that I've seen from preseason practices and what we saw in that preseason game that
0: they had last week, I think the kid is up for the challenge. Man, that is a compelling argument presented by Chris Canty. Coming up, when Tom Brady is coming back to the Bucks, when is it going to happen? Todd Bowles, he isn't so sure. Is that a concern? We will figure that out next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better.
4: doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com
0: man friday is a great day i hope that you are ready for your weekend we are preparing you accordingly you have to like fridays right you have to love fridays and i do love fridays kyle shanahan i think he likes fridays too recently on the i am athlete podcast he had this to say about drafting trey lance over mac jones
4: when I have two things I believe and I always check myself a lot. Um, so I mean, I always compare it to how I buy houses. Like when my, when my wife would bring me to a house she loves, I, I go through the house and I point out every single thing that's wrong with it. No, I realize the things that were wrong. So, I, and I know we can fix those three things. So let's go off the potential of this. And right. that's how I was with him and Mac, Cause Mac had so much good stuff on tape, the way he played and Trey, I loved what he put on tape. It was a year of football. Um, so it wasn't totally enough and especially the division. But the more you dive into it, the more I got to know the guy, um, the more I got to find out some stuff about them, the more I believed in what I didn't see.
0: Love the real estate reference, location, 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 but sometimes it's bigger than that. Yeah, sometimes it's bigger than that, but you got
2: to make sure that you're buying in the right zip code, right? That is true. I think that that's exactly what the 49ers are doing when they decided to go with Trey Lance just because of the upside. And in today's NFL if you're going to move up to a top three pick to take a quarterback, you want the quarterback to unlock the entire playbook. And with Matt Jones, he just doesn't have the movement skills that Trey Lance has. He doesn't have the arm talent that Trey Lance has. According to most scouts, they're on the same plane as far as their football acumen, their football IQ. So why not go with the quarterback that has the most the most upside because of the dominant traits, even though you're talking about a guy that you're taking a risk on because he doesn't have a lot of experience in playing games at the collegiate level, the only argument against Trey Lance uh, or, or for Mac Jones over Trey Lance is the fact that you saw uh, more, more, more of a sample size for Mac Jones at a higher level of competition at the collegiate level. I, I just I don't know that that was enough in terms of. The San Francisco 49ers making the decision to choose a Matt Jones over Trey Lance. I, I think it was Trey Lance all the way when they decided to move up to number three. And the Matt Jones smokescreen was all about making sure that the New York Jets
0: did not take their guy Trey Lance with the number two overall pick. Well, we know Trey Lance's ceiling is actually higher if you look at the whole skill set. No pun intended there when we talk about the real estate reference. I mean, yep. but the, the skills are there and we saw it. Although in a very small sample size, playing for the Bison in the lower divisions, we saw the skill set was there, no question. Yeah,
2: the skill set was there, no question. He ran a pro-style offense in college. And like he says, the real estate reference, Mac Jones and Trey Lance might be in the same building, but they definitely got different views. Previously on greeny.
4: I think I've played through some pretty significant injuries in my day, but maybe never more so than today. I've got a back, like you would not believe. I am today for the first time in my career sitting on a cushion and I have a bag of ice behind my back. <laughs> and it is delightful. I'm also working on two Advil and two extra strength Tylenol, which by my standards is drugged up. <laughs>
0: Daily Rewind, brought to you by Dell for your small business needs. Call Dell Technologies Advisors today at 877-ASK-DELL. Now, I want to send a special shout-out, sending love and healing words to Greeny, who's been hurting from carrying the hopes of Jets fans on his back for decades. <laughs> nah, he's been hurting this week. <laughs> I don't know if it's because
2: he's a Jets fan and he's dealing with the quarterback injury and Makai Beckton getting hurt, or if it's because of his golf game, but either way, his back pain is contagious because my back started to hurt this morning when I woke up and I'm just figuring because I spent so much time next to Greeny, maybe it's starting to wear off on me too. So get well, Greeny. We hope you feel better, yes. but now I
0: got to start icing my back too. Yeah. Um, uh, Man up. Icy hot. Oh, my bad. Um, Wrong segment. Wow. You're trying to do <laughs>
2: advertising for your man, too. My I bad. know what you're doing. My bad.
0: My bad. I know what you're doing. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal out. would appreciate it He that. would appreciate that. Shouts yeah. out to Shaq. This is RPNCC in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. And we know someone who probably uses that product is Tom Brady, who is right now taking an extended absence from the team. He's been gone since August 11. And there is no definitive date set for his return. Todd Bowles is the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He had this to say.
1: We'll see. We'll talk about it next week. i not concerned about it right now. We're trying to practice against Tennessee and play a game. I said sometime after Tennessee. There's no definitive date for me, but we'll check on it. And we'll keep in touch, and we'll find out.
0: Yeah, I'm not really sure what to make about that because he really didn't answer the question, and maybe he doesn't have the answer at this point. What are your thoughts on this entire situation? This
2: is unsettling, man. It feels like Todd Bowles is moving the goalpost. When we first heard about this absence for Tom Brady, we thought it was going to be 10, 10 days, right? We're thinking that he was going to be back at the beginning of this week. That would give the team three weeks before they debut the regular season down in Dallas against the Cowboys. But now it sounds like there's uncertainty about when Tom Brady is going to get back. And here's the thing, bro. It's not as if I'm worried about Tom Brady's preparedness when it comes to regular season action. I'm worried about the position that the team is going to be in, because Tom Brady is the guy that sets the tone. He's the one that establishes that sense of urgency. Think about what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were a couple of years before Tom Brady got there. Remember, three years ago, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were a team that had a losing record under Bruce Arias. Tom Brady shows up, and in year one, you're talking about them winning the Super Bowl. He has been the biggest agent of change in that organization over the last two years. And now you're talking about that guy not being in the building for a week and a half or potentially longer. I'm worried about how that impacts this team getting ready for the regular season. And that's what the preseason is, right? The preseason is just getting the guys that you're going to need during the regular season ready for when the games matter. And right now with Tom Brady out there, you wonder whether the focus, whether the the, the, the execution – For this team is going to be there, especially on the offensive end where they have so many moving parts. You look at that offensive line, they're gonna have three new starters week one than the group that they rolled out with last year. They're going to have three new receivers in Kyle Rudolph and Julio Jones and Russell Gage. And you're wondering with all of that newness, not to mention the head coach Todd Bowles wearing that head hat now. Along with being the defensive coordinator, you're wondering how all of that newness is going to be affected by
0: Brady's extended absence. This is Greeny coming to you live from above the Heineken River deck at Pier 17. Roe Parrish and Chris Canty talking about Tom Brady. And all those are valid points because when you have someone who is essentially an extension of the head coach, Tom Brady, he needs to be there for these periods. Now, personally, does he need the same development? Absolutely not. He's 40-plus, and he's the GOAT of the quarterback position. However, as you alluded to, everyone else around him setting the tone in that building. And again, Todd Bowles, although he has head coaching experience, this is a totally different situation managing a player like Tom Brady who is going to be managing so much new talent, as you mentioned. But you have to have that... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the precedent every day, the consistency to elevate your game to a certain level and keep that and maintain that consistency so you can be a championship contender. Well, yeah, and, and Sam Acho made the
2: point on Get Up This Morning. It's different when a coach is trying to make a point versus when Tom Brady is trying to make a point, right? The resume for Tom Brady Slightly kids, for example, different. Yeah, it has a different command, a different type of feel. And then beyond that – You're talking about player-to-player interactions being different than coach-to-player interactions. But all of this to say that there has to be somebody in the building that's setting the agenda for this team every single day. And with Tom Brady being gone, you're wondering who's going to do that job. Now, it should be Todd Bowles. You would think with that leadership vacuum over the next couple of weeks that Todd Bowles would have a chance to assert himself as a leadership figure on this team uh, and the head coach position by default is a leadership position, but you want him to be able to put his stamp on this group and so, early on in the regular season, we could be talking about the results for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers being a referendum on what kind of coach Todd Bowles is actually going to be this upcoming year.
0: Yeah, and everybody will definitely be paying attention to that. As you mentioned, playing the Dallas Cowboys, we know that's going to be a marquee game that everybody's going to be paying attention to. They got to. the New Orleans Saints, they got the Green Bay Packers, they got the Kansas City Chiefs. So you show me where the break is in the first four games of the regular season for the Bucks. Listen, all gas, no breaks. Greeny Ooh. is presented by Progressive Insurance, and this is what we do here on this Friday as we prepare you for the weekend. Long-term, big picture, looking at this Tampa Bay Buccaneers squad, Chris. We know that Tom Brady isn't there yet, but you know the additions of a Julio Jones who's had his injury issues, but you have Rudolph coming over. So much talent—is it another Super Bowl or bust season for this Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or should we taper those expectations with a new head coach in place?
2: Tom Brady, forty-five years old, yeah, man. He is. I mean, why, why is he playing? in 45 if it's not to win championships. That's, it's, it's, it's Super Bowl or bust any time you have a guy that goes to the Super Bowl more often than not. What is this, Tom Brady going into his 23rd year? He's been to 10 Super Bowls? Yes, yeah, a lot. He's won seven of them? It's yeah. it's about winning Super Bowls for him. So, yeah, it is Super Bowl or bust for the roster that the Bucks have put together, and I'm not too sure that this isn't the team that could potentially win the Super Bowl this year. Now, I've got the 49ers as my bold prediction of winning the Super Bowl, but the Tampa Bay Bucks are right there. I mean, as far as the questions that all of the NFC contenders have, the Tampa Bay Bucks are probably the team that I have the fewest amount of questions about.
0: That is true. And we just saw in this postseason when they were eliminated at home, they lost to the eventual Super Bowl champions, and that game went down to the wire. Exactly. It took a huge play by Matt Stafford to Cooper Cup, and it took your
2: boy, Vaughn Miller. Shout out to DeSoto, Texas. Yes, indeed. Appreciate that. It took him getting a strip sack in order to turn that game. And remember, the Rams were firmly in control of that game until Tom Brady had that team rallying late in the third quarter, early in the fourth quarter. That's how good Tom Brady is. When he's on the field, you always have a chance to win. And here's the thing, you could probably make a case that Tom Brady has never lost a game, he just ran out of time. <laughs> he's,
0: he's that He's that. He's that you good know what? at what yes. he does. No, 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 no question about it. Yeah. Whenever you have him on the field, you absolutely have a chance. The Rams did jump out earlier, some turnovers that happened. But again, it is that – Tom Brady, it factor, intangibles effect. We know that he is the GOAT as far as knowing to manage things on the field, making the right reads, making the right throws. However, there's something extra. He just didn't win all those Super Bowls just by being talented or just by being smart. That's not how this works.
2: No, there's an intangible there, and now you're missing that intangible in your building for the next two weeks, and that's what you worry about. So I I don't know what this ends up being for the Tampa Bay Bucs. I'm not worried about it from Tom Brady's standpoint because he'll be ready to roll I just worry what position that puts this team in in terms of their mind state going into the regular season.
0: Indeed. Greeny is brought to you by Boost Mobile, a proud sponsor of the 2022 Department of Defense Warrior Games. With Boost Mobile, feel the power of more money in your pocket on one one of America's largest 5G networks.
4: Life is a series of choices.
0: Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right, I'll say it. Who you got? It is that time. My man Bubba is in the building. It is a Friday. It is time for Who You Got. All right, Who You Got brought to you by Granger. we
1: got a lot of questions to get through, so let's get moving here. Robert Sala says Zach Wilson will start week one, quote, if he's ready. Is this
0: the right move, or should they be resting him and taking their time? Who you got? Ooh, absolutely not. You need to sit this man down. I know he's young, and we re- we remember how we healed when we were in our 20s. However, when you have this much money invested in a top first-round pick, you cannot rush this man on the field no matter how good he feels. Start Joe Flacco against his former team. I'm with you on that one 100%, maybe
2: for a different reason, though. Zach Wilson, this season is all about being able to evaluate him. It's not about the Jets trying to make a playoff push. I want him fully healthy so I can make a complete evaluation on Zach Wilson. The last thing I want, if I'm Joe Douglas or if I'm the Jets brass, is excuses as to why Zach Wilson can't produce because we brought him back too soon with a knee injury with a meniscus tear. I don't want to hear that. Wait until Zach Wilson is fully healthy. You went out and you got Joe Flacco for this specific reason, being a capable backup, Let Joe Flacco start early on, and then when Zach Wilson is fully healthy, you insert him into the lineup and see what he can do. We got to remember, Ro, it's not outside of the realm of possibility if things go sideways for the Jets, them looking to the 2023 quarterback draft class as another option for them as opposed to running it back with Zach Wilson.
0: Greeny does not want to hear that.
2: No Jets fan want to hear that, but Jets fans might have to deal with that reality, just putting it out there.
1: All right, we've been talking about it pretty much every single week now, especially in training camp. Who you
0: got starting at quarterback for the Steelers week one? Ooh, now we talked to Charlie Batch earlier this week, Super Bowl champion, and now calling games for the Steelers. He said that Mitch Trubisky was going to be the week one starter. And you know what? I believe in him because I said, you know what, Charlie Batch, he's qualified. He's definitely – he knows what's going on. However, when Mike Tomlin came out, our frat brother and said specifically, hey, he needs more time with the varsity. I got to go the opposite direction. I don't Mm -hmm. think that Mitch Trubisky is going to start the regular season. No, I don't think he is either. I think it's Kenny Pickett's show. And here's the thing. The Pittsburgh Steelers are giving the illusion
2: of a quarterback battle because the organization can't be seen as gifting the job to Kenny Pickett. It's got to be a meritocracy in order for Kenny Pickett to earn the respect of the guys in the locker room. Now, as far as what Charlie Batch said and what our very own Brooke Pryor, who covers the Pittsburgh Steelers, said about Mitch Trubisky being the week one starter, look at the investment that the organization made. They're paying Mitch Trubisky $7 million a year. They used a top 20 pick on Kenny Pickett. Kenny Hmm. Pickett is going to be the guy. And what he showed in the preseason game, his first time out, was just enough for Mike Tomlin to justify giving him reps with the ones. So this is going to be Kenny Pickett's show sooner rather than later. If you listen to the reports from Adam Schefter and others, Kenny Pickett is coming on strong, and it could be sooner as opposed to later when he's the starting quarterback. I think
0: it happens week one. Definitely, and the Steelers taking on Jacksonville. I expect to see him get a lot of snaps in that game. More confidence, more control. That's what his teammates see in Kenny Pickett so far.
1: Albert Poulos hit his 690th home run yesterday. I believe it was a pinch hit grand slam. Do you think he can get to 700? Who you got? He's Ooh, won- so
2: you're saying
0: he's going to pass Alex Rodriguez. One away from passing A-Rod. Listen, Ooh. I'm going to go with Albert. I mean, we know that his power isn't necessarily the same as it once was. But, hey, I see him getting that 10. I think everybody is rooting for him to pass A-Rod, right? No, <laughs> like, like, everybody everybody <laughs> wants Pujols to pass A-Rod. Yeah. Like,
2: Pujols is one of the genuine good guys in the sport. He's, he got no an question. SP this yes. year. Yes, like, all of the work that he does, uh, not only in the communities here in, in, in New York. I mean, not in New York, but in the United States, but abroad. Like, right. all of the different things. Like, everybody is rooting for Albert Pujols. I would love to see him do it. I'm going to say he does get to 700
0: that was awesome 16th career grand slam that was amazing in the no victory doubt. for the cardinals no doubt who you got brought to you by granger
1: with supplies and solutions for every industry granger is always there to help call quickranger.com or just stop by not sure if you guys saw this one but mariah carey wants to trademark quote the queen of christmas so <laughs> is that something you're okay with
2: can
0: she be the queen of christmas who you got can't
2: she be the queen of Christmas?
0: Well, I'll say this. She is the queen of Christmas music sales when it comes to that Christmas <laughs> album that came out so many years ago. And is that your go-to Christmas album? I mean, it's not a bad one to go to. I prefer boys to men. That's mine. That's my go to. I mean, I you to. know, yeah. I mean, listen, I got love for Philly. Shouts out to Charlie Mack and everybody in Philadelphia, boys to men. But being the queen, I mean, boys to men, they can be the kings. Yeah. And then Mariah Carey could be the queen because if you look at the numbers, they don't lie. The, the queen of Christmas. I mean, why not?
2: I don't know, man. That's a, that's a, that's a bold claim. Is, is there, and that's, is, and that's is there a, anybody else? I mean,
1: it's quite the claim, though, to say it, you're exactly. the queen I'm of, the Christmas, queen of or, I mean, Christmas. I mean, that's a lot.
2: The queen of Christmas.
0: Yeah. That's I mean, saying a whole lot. It's saying a whole lot. But again, every single year, those streams have gone up, and 5.7 million copies have been sold Ooh, of her Christmas album. That's a lot of copies. Certified platinum eight times, okay? Is that our best selling album? I mean, I don't know offhand, but it sounds like it. Again. <laughs> right? And, and, and <laughs> right? Let, let me let me make sure I say it again. Certified platinum eight times, and as of December, the album sales have sold five point seven million million in the US, the biggest selling holiday album in the United States queen of christmas is a bold claim it is but i'm not ready to say that bubba
2: i don't know if i can take it she there. she has the resume though. i don't i don't know if i can take it there Bubba. Her, her I'm, unco- I'm uncomfortable with her making yeah, the it's, claim it's that claim. she's the queen of christmas if somebody else made that claim for her maybe i could get on board maybe i could support it get behind it but self-aggrandizing to that degree with a holiday as big as christmas i don't know if i could take it there bubba i'm completely uncomfortable with it she's a diva it's par for the course that's true. Fair point. Last one. We got about a
1: minute here. I don't know if you guys, how you guys feel about dive bars, but if you like them, Miller High Life has the ice cream for you. They're creating dive bar ice cream, and it's meant to smell, taste, and feel like your favorite dive bar. It has peanut, caramel, and a hint of tobacco smoke flavor and dark chocolate. Are you guys in on dive bar ice cream? Who you got? So
0: hold on. It tastes like bad ideas and you know memorable mistakes. No, I don't want any part of it. Sounds like it could be fun. It, so, it, sounds like it, could be, it sounds like it could be a story to tell behind the dive bar ice cream. Spoken like a man who is about to get married, so you only have so much time to enjoy yeah, those dive yeah. bar moments. So I'm not mad at it, but I can't agree with yeah, it.
2: Yeah, you know, Pat and Ron are two of my favorite friends, but they've been responsible for making a lot of poor decisions. <laughs> all I'm simply saying is I got I could get on porn with, with Miller High Life coming out with something like this. I'm just saying.
0: Oh, man, I'm just saying. We will be living the high life next week. We appreciate you for joining us. That's Chris Canty. I'm Roe Parrish. You already know – you are now rocking with the best. Thanks for listening to Greeny the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at ten
1: Eastern on ESPN Radio, and see it with the video on ESPN Plus. Also, catch Greeny
0: on Get Up weekday mornings at eight on ESPN, and also available wherever you get your podcast.